Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me as always, my co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. And I'm your other co-host, Cam. We are thrilled to have you here for another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast, a What's Poppin' Movie and TV News edition of Popcorn for Breakfast, coming to you a little bit later this week. And honestly, I have to say that's for the best, uh, because last weekend I was in a wedding, Mazel tov to the to the happy couple. Uh, it was it was a great thrill. Actually, um, one of our listeners uh, and and someone we know pinged me on on Discord and was like, "Are you in a wedding?" Because I think I saw you taking pictures, and I was like, "What?" Um, <laughs> so that's fun. Fun with Discord. Another plug for that. Shout out, Andrew. That's right. Hello. Shout out. Um, so that was funny. But then after the wedding was the Super Bowl. So needless to say, Monday Monday and Tuesday version of me was not the best versions of myself. It felt like I felt like Wiley Coyote after getting uh some sort of like either piano or like a Acme anvil something smashed on my head is basically how I that's felt. right that's right you at the super bowl party we were there together i was revising our our nephew's sonnet for school <laughs> dude and heroic you... work on your part by the way that was awesome <laughs> thank you thank you and you had a queso hangover i think because I, I made some queso and yes. i think i saw you only eat the queso not even the chips i, th- I thought i saw you like <laughs> I was with just the gravy spooning boat. it just like <laughs> drinking yeah. it. I just picked I up the crock pot and just sat it on my lap. <laughs> you have third degree burns. The, the audience can't see from the, the, the no, heat of the crock pot. But, but literally, for real though, every single person who walked into that Super Bowl party was like, Cam, are you good? And I was like, yes, I'm running on very little sleep, please. <laughs> my mom was like, are you sick? What is happening? <laughs> uh, which is always a good, always a good sign. It's it's well, nice whenever you feel like garbage and people let you know that you also look as bad as you feel. That is, uh, oh yeah, it's the classic nice. worst thing to say to a woman. You look tired. Yeah, you um, look. That's everybody was giving me that on also on offensive for for men. But I I didn't say that to you. No, you didn't. Was, you didn't. I was you know deep in a laptop just you reciting. Just I am a Shakespearean, just dishing out Shakespearean wisdom. I, I loved it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're coming at you later in the week this week. Busy week for for movie and TV news. Lots of big news, and of course, um, the biggest movie on the block this week is going to be, of course, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, or as I like to call it, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Because yes. <laughs> I don't know about you, Kirk, but I've seen <laughs> about five thousand tweets or Facebook posts or TikToks where people are like. Did you know that you can see the words Ant Man and Quantum Mania? And I'm like, the novelty of that is fine, but I saw way too many posts for like people being like, "This is so cool." I was like, I don't, I don't really see why that's that cool. I don't wow. know. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Yeah, I wonder, advanced. Kirk. I mean, who uh, knows? Or was it a happy <laughs> surprise to the entire marketing team that none of them? None of them Shocking. capitalize ant and man in the title. They know. They know what they're they doing. They, of course, know. It's not a surprise. It's not even that well hidden. I don't know. I'm being a, no. a curmudgeon, but I've seen literally so many posts of people being like, did you know Easter egg? You can see. Like, this is not an <laughs> Easter egg. This is nothing. This is nothing. 
Um, but we will be viewing that movie tomorrow. Uh, so two sixteen uh, Thursday, we'll we'll be seeing it. And I thought you were saying two sixteen <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, that's uh, where we're. That that's when we're be... going, Kirk. Oh, I didn't okay. tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, um, I better take a nap before that. I'm a night owl, but I don't know. That's a that's a late show time that's, for me. Yeah, that's way too late for me. I would be asleep. <laughs> but we'll be giving you all the details on that. Um, there will be many. This is, of course, the start of phase five of the MCU. So there are storylines abound. We're getting ready to meet our big bad um, as Kang in this film. So lots of lots of storylines going on there. We'll be sure to get into it. But for today. We're going to get into some good old-fashioned movie and TV news. As you know, the Super Bowl is a great movie holiday because we get lots of trailers. So I thought, Kirk, we could kick things off with one of our favorite things, which is trailer reactions. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's pop it up. And there were quite a few trailers that were shown. Some were short spots. We're going to stick with the longer... Um, trailers that were unveiled or at least were like, go see the full trailer online. Like new trailers that were released on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, the biggest of which were probably Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Flash, and Fast X. Um, we did get other trailers. We got a, a quick 30-minute spot of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, but I don't know about you, Kirk. It was like, it was 30 seconds there was new footage in it for sure, but it wasn't like anything. It wasn't substantial in my there opinion. There wasn't a, a new a new substantial reveal that's yes. going to be like, oh my goodness, Shia LaBeouf is back or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> People would they would have shut down the Super Bowl. People have been reacting to that. It's um, true. Wow, but then there was also the weird like Transformers: Rise of the Beast spot that was like half a Transformers ad and like half a Porsche ad, which was yes. really strange. They're like Transformers times Porsche, um, which is you're, fine. You're still confused that we're having another Transformers movie. <laughs> so, so are we. we. <laughs> Here's a Porsche commercial. <laughs> I know. Very strange. So we're going to focus on those, those big three. Let's start with, well, let's start with, I don't know, Kirk, where do you want to go? Guardians, the flash fast X. I would love to start with Guardians. Okay, Guardians. We'll pull that up here um, for those of you watching on the YouTubes. A uh, surprising amount of new information going on in this trailer, which I was very thankful for. First of all, unfortunately, we have to watch it on mute because of copyright and things like that. Um, but just a very stylish trailer overall. And the thing we've been waiting for this whole time throughout this whole process is more Gamora. And this trailer gives us just gobs and gobs of Gamora content to kind of chew on here. Mm. Um, I, I still don't really know how they're going to wrap that up. Have to imagine they will. And, and they'll kind of, you know, James Gunn will find some way to show us that they are soulmates in this whole process. But throughout most of this trailer, they are uh, meeting they being Peter Quill and Gamora are at odds with one another. Um, we get lots of sort of rocket content going on. Um, our first really good looks at Chuck Woody Iwuji as the high evolutionary. Um, they are of course alluding heavily to the fact that he was responsible for the creation of rocket raccoon, which will tie a nice bow onto his story arc. Um, we get tons of zany 
90s Fraggle Rock-esque little characters thrown in here from yes. James Gunn, as well as some good Adam Warlock stuff. Uh, Kirk, you're watching this trailer. There's tons of new stuff to chew on here. I think it looks gorgeous, but I want to get your reaction to it. You know, I love a couple of things. I love that it looks like we're in prison again. Uh, of course, Guardians 1 had yes. the most incredible prison breakout scene. So we're, we've got a throwback to that from the first film. I love that he's also in, in his prison gear. He's holding like an orb, right? So that's familiar. And we're, we're getting these characters back to their roots. Not that anything was wrong or, or too far off in Guardians 2, but it's good to have these allusions to both of them to make sure that we still know and, re- and remember these characters. My biggest question is where are we going to meet up with Gamora? Is it a fast forward? Are we meeting them after the events of the Christmas special? Maybe. Are we getting uh, like an, um, an immediate post-mortem end game situation and then fast forwarding and then having an expository combo between Gamora and Peter that talks about what's going on, who she was to him in the future version of her. Like there's, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of gaps to fill, but I trust all of it because I don't think her attitude is off kilter here. I do believe it, it's spot on and just more more room for Zoe to flex her muscles because like whatever direction that, that James Gunn said jump, she did. And it, it looks great. The whole thing just looks really good. And perhaps my favorite piece in here is to see Peter back with his blasters. We didn't get a lot of that uh, in recent appearances and that's his weapon of choice, right? That's his... That's his number one thing. So I love seeing that in full-blown action as well. Yeah, it was refreshing to see in this trailer just a lot of good group combat dynamics between yeah. the Guardians because that's when they're really at their best is when things are fast, they're dynamic, um, they're quipping at each other in the middle of an engagement. It's just fun. Um, when you think about the Guardians, you're, those are probably the moments that come to mind whenever you think about this group of characters is when they're in the heat of battle and they're saying ridiculous things to each other and just kind of like also dominating the opponent. But it's um, <clears throat> it, there's just there's a lot of good stuff to chew on. I'm with you on the Gamora stuff. Like, where does this fall in the timeline? What's the runtime of this movie is what's really crossing my mind. Because Seven to hours. Seven <laughs> listen, hours. I'm here for it. But I, I seriously am starting to wonder how long this finale is going to be because a lot of these um, Marvel movies are starting to have some pretty long runtimes to be able to kind of fit in what needs to happen. And this being the sort of the conclusion of the Guardians um, – will need some time, particularly if there isn't a significant time jump from the holiday special and they need to show us how they tracked down Gamora, got her to join up with them, whatever. Did they meet in prison? Whatever. Um, So there's a lot to resolve, you know, especially like where does Adam Warlock fit into all of this um, as well, especially since it seems like the, the rocket arc is going to be the primary focus of the film, which I think is a good call. Uh, James Gunn has, has said as much as like rocket is the secret star of guardians of the galaxy. If you think about it, like guardians volume two was as much rocket story as it was quills. Um, right. and, and the foils between rocket and Yondu. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of interesting things here, but the, the biggest takeaway that you and I both hit on is it looks good. It looks yeah. really good. I don't have, um, major question marks about this movie. 
I mean, question marks, yes, but I don't have major doubts about the quality of this movie right. based on what I've seen so far. Are you in the same spot? Same boat. There's not a doubt in my mind. It just looks absolutely stunning. Just I, I like the shots that they have where they're coming at, they're, they're called zoom shots where um, the characters are moving, but it looks like you're moving, the camera's moving away from them, but they're moving toward the camera. So it has this illusion that the background is like dropping away. Yes. Uh, you see a couple of those happen and it just looks so good. Hitchcock was one who who did a bunch of those, which was, it's fantastic if you watch uh, his, his filmography, but that paired with the galaxy around it and explosions and ships and uh, slow motion, <laughs> like all of it, it's just absolutely stunning. I love it so much. Yeah, it's going to be a good time and it is the next Marvel theatrical release after Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So it, feel, it feels far away, but it's May, you know, it's early May. It's going to be here before you know it, honestly. So that's right. You'll go and see Ant-Man seven or eight times in the theater, and then it will be here just like that. It'd be very simple to get to. <laughs> it really will. All right, Kirk, what, which door do you want to open next? Fast X or the flash? Let's, let's go fast X. Yeah, I want to see our family, if you will. That's right. Uh, well, Kirk, you'll never guess this, but. Dom Toretto and the crew have fell, found themselves in quite the predicament here oh, in Fast no. X. There are many competing uh, priorities and factions of people <laughs> going on here. But the big takeaways, in all seriousness, if, if we can be serious about no, this, um, they're not even serious about it. So that's why we can't be serious about it. Like, it's, it's, it's obviously, you know, at its best, Fast and the Furious is kind of like an action caricature, you know, self-aware kind of just fun time action movie, <laughs> you know, like that wasn't eloquent, but that really is what it is. It's just, it's, it's just for the laughs and the good times. Um, and they're sort of leaning into that in this trailer. Like the clip they just showed is literally Vin <laughs> Diesel on a walkie talkie being like the one mistake you made is you left me with my car, you know, like it's very, right. it's very silly. Um, so, Followed by a close-up of Jason Momoa as the villain's face being like, uh, who knows what he even says, but he's like, dumb Toretto. You know, it's just, it's it's all very <laughs> hilarious. Um, but the big takeaways here, we get, we get a good look at Jason Momoa, who is clearly the villain in this whole thing. Never mind the fact that we're bringing back other villains like Charlize Theron, um, you know, uh, John Cena from the last film etc. We've also got Jason Statham who appears in this trailer. He was not in the last film. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly after Hobbs and Shaw's, I don't think he was in uh, he was the not. fast saga. So he's, he's back and we get Brie Larson's first appearance in the fast, um, the fast franchise. So she's franchise. kind of like yeah. saying she, <laughs> she's like the harbinger of death. She's like, he's coming for you, dumb. He's going to, he's going to take everything. That's her only line. She's actually just like a random <laughs> citizen and she sees what's going on uh, and she says that and we never see her again. Never. She just walks off. <laughs> she gets top billing and she just gets that one scene. Oh man, that would be hilarious. That would be the ultimate troll. But Kirk, yes. we got to look at the Fast series and obviously this this franchise runs the gamut from pretty good action movie to horrific, unwatchable hot pile of garbage but what like where do you feel about this one where it's at right now honestly this looks you know 10 times better than the previous f9 the fast saga 
I feel like there is an actual attempt at a story mm-hmm. versus we just need to smash everything. I mean, there's plenty of smashing done here and there's, you know, the stunts they're doing are absolutely absurd, but I feel like there's a story here above everything else. And they could have tricked me again because they always do. That's right. <laughs> but I don't know. It looks like they're really trying for this one. There, there it looks like they're really trying. It looks like there was more legitimate racing and trying to go back to the roots, similar to the Guardians uh, trailer. You know, they're trying to get back to what people are familiar with, what they fell in love with these characters for. I feel like when I go to this showing versus F9, I'm going to be more enthralled versus, oh, well, I guess I'll just giggle at the silly crashes and fights going on. I feel like this one will be like, all right, what's up, Vin Diesel? You're back a little bit, you know, not, f- not full-fledged. Yeah, but yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that it looks way better than F9. I felt like F9 was like almost almost a new low point for the franchise. I just mm. really did not like that movie. Um, you know, things like Hobbs and Shaw, like, and and the fast, you know, I think it was like number six, seven, and eight. Like, I, I found redeeming qualities in those films. Like, they, they had kind of seemed to have turned a corner when they got into like the six, seven, eight range. And so I was... I wasn't excited for F9, but I thought it would be a lot better than it was. I mean, this just isn't my favorite franchise if we're being if we're being honest. Yeah. But this one looks higher quality and they've got a new uh director because remember they like had a whole kerfluffle at the at the beginning um with, with the director basically just like walking off set. Um right. and so they've got they've got Lewis uh I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Leterrier who that's probably horrible, but he is a capable action director. He directed Now You See Me. He's directed The Incredible Hulk. So it's not his films. You wouldn't look at his filmography and go, this is a guy who just rolls out banger after banger. But in terms of stylish action, um, he's more than capable. And what I like about this trailer is it feels like there's a nice blend between the way that this is being shot. Like it's it's it doesn't feel like they're just trying to get as, you know, it doesn't feel like they're taking like a, uh, um, Transformers, like Michael Bay type approach to this, mm-hmm. the way that I did w- with F9. It feels like there's trying to be like a blend of style in with the action so that it actually fits the franchise. So I'm I'm hopeful, at least in how this looks, that it's not just going to be gimmick after gimmick after gimmick the way that F9 was. F9 was yeah. just like, all right, we've got this gimmick where we shoot this car into space. All right, we've got this gimmick where we swing a car off a cliff on, on some sort of like barbed wire chain and it comes back around like this and everything in that movie was just a setup for the next gimmick. So it Mm -hmm. didn't work. This feels like it has something more to it. Perhaps. You know what it has? What family? (laughs) Well, that's for sure. I mean, that's a, (laughs) that goes without saying. I felt a lack of family in F9 and I really want to get the family. Which is saying something because his literal brother was in, in the movie, in the movie in, in uh, John Cena. But you know, there's, there's family and then there's family. That's right. There's a difference. There's a difference. (sighs) All right. Our last trailer is the flash and boy, oh boy, I have thoughts. But let's just let's just play it and kind of kind of drink it in here. Um, this is our first real theatrical trailer. We've seen bits and pieces of this at DC fandoms and and the like. You know, seen short clips of Michael Keaton, etc. This trailer shows more of the film that we've sort of been um, reading about with 
you know, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne playing a role, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne playing a heavy role. Um, mm-hmm. Multiple versions of Ezra Miller, Sasha Kaje as Supergirl. Um, there is just a lot to chew on here. So as we kind of roll this, Kirk, I want to get your overall take on this movie and this trailer. Um, and you can talk about them separately because it can be a good trailer and you can still have concerns about the movie. But this this being our first big giant look at this movie, kind of what is your temperature on it? Yeah, let's talk about this. Wow, that ring looks really cool. Let's let's talk about this with all of the the yuck attached to it. Let's separate that right now. Yeah, this trailer is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. This is what the former DCEU. It really is exactly what it needed. It's going across different timelines. It's going across different characters. It's showing us just this magnificent, magnificent uh, magnus opus, right? <laughs> of, of everything that it could have been. How sad that, that, that this is what this is. But what I mostly love about this is that not a big fan of Ezra Miller's uh, Barry Allen, but the alternate universe, the short-haired, the more grounded Barry Allen that we see uh, in this other this other universe, that's the one that we should have had from the get-go versus the really squirrely one that we were presented with <laughs> in all of the Justice League before this. So I'm excited to see the foils, I think, will work well. And whatever happens at the end of this movie... I'm just I just hope that the right one dies and then the other one uh, the other one survives and it who knows what that looks like but all the bat suits all of the I mean this trailer is so long and so much happens with it that the only part that's weird is is Supergirl's entrance but I also appreciate the the grittiness of it too like this thing is really really out there and I'm really enjoying all of it. Yeah, I mean, there there is so much to chew on. I, I was floored by this trailer. Actually, we were watching the we we're watching the Super Bowl together, as we stated earlier, and this trailer, more so than any other commercial, sort of made everybody in the room stop and yeah. go, Okay, what's you know, what's going on here? Um, which was really cool and the and you know, the Michael Keaton stuff was, you know, very present and, and, and everybody in the room responded really well to it. So I was taken aback by it because I, I, you know, as much as we've heard good things about this movie from the people involved in it, talking about how great of a movie this is going to be James Gunn calling it one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Um, I don't, I didn't know what to expect because a lot of people blow smoke, but this trailer is phenomenal, like truly very good. Everything about it, is so intriguing. I mean, the Michael Keaton Batman action sequences look sick. Ben Affleck riding the motorcycle and then like using the batarang like cord thing to be dragged across the ground mm-hmm. with the gray suit with the black on it. Like it just looks amazing. And it feels like, okay, so this is inspired heavily by the flashpoint event in the comics, which is one of the best comic book events in my, in my opinion, in recent history for, um, DC comics and 
it looks like they're doing it justice in their own way. And it feels, this trailer feels like a comic book event in it because you're like, what's Supergirl doing here? Why, you know, why are these two different versions of Batman's doing here? When you read a comic event where it's big in scale, weird stuff like that happens. People pop in that you don't expect and they just kind of are there for this one self-contained thing and it makes it a really fun, enjoyable ride and that's the vibe that this gives off and the vibe is immaculate i I just i'm blown away and it it causes a high degree of cognitive cognitive dissonance with me because i'm like i don't know what i want from this do i want it to be amazing yes but sort of just as its own thing because the dceu sort of what this ties back to as we know it is effectively dead Yes. Um, so if this does well, then it's like, well, that kind of sucks because it's like we could have had a new starting point for these characters, including Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne and whoever else. And now we're like starting from scratch and this is just like an afterthought. But I have to kind of keep myself in check because we don't know where they're going to go with this, etc. The other thing is I do not like Ezra Miller or what they represent at all. Uh, and, right. and I know that there's a lot of things that, could be overblown in the media, but there this this person has had a ton of criminal charges pressed against them in the past year and a half with the crazy rampage in Hawaii where they're like assaulting people to the the grooming and like sort of manipulate manipulative kidnapping kind of thing with that uh, young Native American girl. There's just a lot of yuckiness with Ezra Miller. And let's not forget that even before all that stuff, um, they already had a, a criminal past that involved violence and abuse and, and things like that. So this, this is not someone who I have a very high opinion of. Let's just say it that right. way. So there is, uh, just being fully honest, there is a part of me that wants this movie to suck because mm-hmm. I want them gone and not to have to deal with Ezra anymore. And I don't know how to reconcile that right now. Yeah. I also heard that it was Ezra Mills' fault they took down all of cryptocurrency. They were the one that yeah, shut yes. it down. They, they, they bid too much. They short-circuited it, and it just fell apart. So And the it, password sharing thing on Netflix, Ezra Miller's idea. All Ezra Miller. <laughs> the Ukrainian-Russian conflict. <laughs> oh, no. Ezra oh, Miller. No. Honestly, <laughs> at this point, I would not be surprised. I really wouldn't. It's all Ezra. Yeah, I, I I think that going into this, much like it's just it's more recent. That's what's hard about it. There are yes. so many celebrities out there who have done terrible things sure, that we've sure. forgiven them for, whether they got canceled or not. Um, or you know, there are there are all sorts of crazy things like like manslaughter and uh, and you know all of the uh, the abuse charges in Hollywood. There are crazy amounts of things that have happened in this industry, in this town, this is just the more recent one. Also, everything is terrible that Ezra has done. So it's hard. It, the separation is very hard. I know. See it for the other people that that worked their butts off and had no clue that Ezra would go off the deep end, right? That's what you're going for. And hopefully, instead of saying, you know what, maybe Ezra can continue with some forgiveness. Don't we all need redemption? I honestly don't think that we should with this person, but maybe we could say this is the final 
stake in the DCEU. And just like it seems like they're going to take care of Zachary Levi going forward, at least yeah. they allude to that. Yeah. Maybe we can have, you know, of course, Michael Keaton can continue. And of course, um, uh, Supergirl, I forget her name. Uh, oh, Sasha Kaji. Sasha Kaji, she can continue. So I think there's options to piece and pull out of there to go forward. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a lot. We're, I, I will trust the people at a higher pay grade to deal with how that works, but there is, like, we were just talking about the movie Tar where they kind of have this debate. It's like, how do you separate the art from the person? And obviously, I have probably unwittingly watched so many things with so many despicable people over the years. It's just, like, because this is so front of mind, like you said, it's hard, it's hard to, like, separate the art from the artist, you know, in the, in this case. So right. Hopefully the Ezra Miller redemption tour is sincere and goes well. And, uh, if possible makes right what was made wrong. I don't know that that is possible, but, um, we'll just see as far as the movie goes. I can't believe how good this trailer is stole the show in terms of trailers, even including guardians, in my opinion, etc. was blown away and I'm, I'm hyped. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say a, I'm, I'm hyped. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do is, is be excited for this movie. It but is. After the trailer, it's like, oh. I want so badly to be excited about it because Batman is my, my favorite thing. And there's so much good Batman stuff and, and Keaton. And I keep thinking back to when they were like, Michael Keaton is going to take on this like Nick Fury sort of role in the DC multiverse. And I was like, Oh my gosh, would that be just sick? I still think I, I know that it got canned, but I still think that James Gunn is smart enough to yeah. give us Batman beyond. I really yeah. do. I really do. not yet, but soon. Yeah. At some point, at some point we're still very early. They have, they, he's saying they haven't even announced all the projects for chapter one. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's still time. There's plenty of time. And we're just getting started. So yeah, it'll be good. All right. That's it for Super Bowl trailers. We'll leave it there. There were a few other stories that dropped. One is ominous beyond all ominous, Kirk. And that is the Netflix password sharing situation, which is evolving. So this is really the first time we've talked about this sort of um, substantially on the pod. So we'll try to get into it. A little bit, but there was an incident. <laughs> I'm calling it an incident now. <laughs> there was an incident, I think, a couple of weeks back now, where Netflix's FAQs on their website had some information talking about how uh, users would have to check in their devices on their home internet. They would have to set a primary home for their Netflix account in a, a you know a, a clear means to manage password sharing. Uh, since then, Netflix kind of quickly backed off that and said, hey, that wasn't meant to be on our website yet. U.S.-based users don't have to worry about this right now. We'll share more details on the password sharing thing as it comes. Well, that's all fine and well, and everybody kind of thought they were rolling over on it. But in certain international markets, like I think uh, Canada and a few uh, um, Southeast Asian markets have started to feel the effects of this and it is very much in line with what was said in FAQs basically being that you have to have one home base for your Netflix account they will 
geolocate an IP address, locate it, and tag it and say any device that is not tagged here within 30 days or whatever gets locked mm-hmm. and those devices no longer have access to your Netflix account. So we have to assume, Kirk, that this is coming for the U.S. at some point as the countermeasure to password sharing. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not permanent. Sure. But you you, can, you to, can unlock. You're right. You're right. You do have to go back to the home base and type in the password physically there and then move on your merry way. So you get if you have 30 days of clemency, is that what happens? If you 31, yep, they, 31, they put okay. it on 31 just to be sure for the longest months. Um, so maybe if you're sharing and you have someone who likes to watch on their iPad, you just, hey, bring bring your six iPads over. I'll just grab my 75-inch TCL Roku TV and come plug it in at your house, Kirk. Does that work? Yeah, that's Once fine. a month. That- we'll do it on the first of the month. <laughs> we'll make it a thing. We'll have a big meal and everything. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. It'll be a good way to catch up. Oh, my goodness. Man, it's um the biggest issue that, that comes into play with this is that you know, I, I often consider families with kids away at college or of course families that are, yeah, maybe they live in the same town, but they are, they're, they're newly, they're newly out of the house and, and whatever you, you just, you just want to help them out. You don't, there's no, we're well, temporarily need. displaced. You got yeah. laid off. You're moving in with your in-laws for a month. You're, you're in between houses. You sold your house. You need to move into another one. Yeah. What have you? What about, you know, someone in the military? Um, who's not <laughs> going to be here for several months? What do you do there? Flight and attendants. What What if you travel for for work on a regular basis? Um, right. Sometimes for long stretches, or you work part of. I don't know. I mean, there's any number of scenarios, right? Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of people people with multiple homes. You know. Yeah. They're saying that you have to get several accounts. I guess if you have multiple, Which those homes, people it's not a big can, deal. Yeah. <laughs> Screw those guys. <laughs> they don't count. We're talking about the real the real people here. The real reals. That's right. We're talking about the people that carry this country on their backs. <laughs> I think I think they're going to be met with a lot of not a lot of cancellations. I feel like there will be not significant cancellations, but maybe like 0.5% of people that will just straight up cancel mm. to be like, how dare you? And they'll get a bro- a jailbroken, you know, fire stick and move on with their lives. Um, but I feel like that there's going to be a big, a big uh, protest over this. And I feel like there yeah. has to be changes. Um, because why? I mean, I know your subscriber count is down, but maybe there's a way that you can still charge what you're charging, which is already higher than it's ever been before Netflix, yes. but still be able to count those people as individual subscribers. So count by user and say, Hey, this is my friend who lives down the street. This is my family member. And, you know, identify that way and not have any threat of password sharing issues down the line. And then say, this is our real subscriber count. Yeah. I, I think, I think unfortunately in the world that we live in, every company will say, well, we don't want to pass on, you know, our hardships to the consumers, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. Every, every single company, the first thing they're going to do is pass it on to you. The first yes. thing that they're going to do. And, and this is just true. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's basic economic principles. Let's put our elasticity of our product to mm-hmm. the test. So that's what Netflix is doing here. They're trying to pass on the price to the consumer. You know why? Because a lot of the time, the consumer, if you have a good product and, and you've got your tentacles latched into their life, 
um, the consumer is going to take it. And, and people have for a very long time, but now it's not good enough for Netflix and they need more. Um, I think, I think the consumers need to make Netflix feel this. I really do. I, I think that, I think that all, all you people out there who are password sharing, uh, it should be the vast majority of us. Don't you think? Kirk? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it should, it should definitely absolutely. be the vast majority. I think we, we need a, we need a push and, you know, you're saying it may not happen and you're, you're probably right, but it needs to happen because as a consumer, if you don't want to spend more then end it end your relationship, cut it off. Um, that's mm-hmm. the best way to negotiate and encourage other people to do the same thing. You use the buying power that you have. And I think that people will create a big stink about this. Um, and I hope that they do. I hope they create a monumental stink because I think that this is unfair. And I think that if Netflix looked closely, there's probably quite a few places they could find this money or different, more creative ways to do this. I think about things like um, Paramount Plus. I was watching Paramount Plus. I'm watching Some Like It Hot right now for the 52 yeah. movie challenge. And when you pause on Paramount Plus, an ad pops up. You know, just a quick ad. And, and it doesn't it doesn't really interrupt anything. You're paused right? Mm-hmm. That's a smart idea. I don't, as a consumer, I don't hate that. I have no issues with that. I'm watching commercial free. I pause. There's a tide ad on, on the, on the pause screen. I see it. There's a QR code. You, I notice you quickly it. buy it and then you go back to your movie. <laughs> exactly. But like, that doesn't bother me. There are creative ways to go about this, um, without having to ex- resort to this. And here's the other thing I'll say, and this has been my argument all along with this. They already charge people for password sharing. On Netflix, yes. they have, um, depending on which tier you have, is how many simultaneous streams you can have. Well, we've tried it, Kirk. If you have, if you're sharing with someone, one stream is not going to cut it. In a lot of cases, two streams is not, not going to cut it. So if you want 4K and you want an experience, you and I pay for four streams and we divide mm-hmm. it between our two households. Why, why can Netflix say, where those streams are used. What does it matter to them? It's four right. streams, right? It's not more than that. I can't share my password with the entire country of Guatemala. Like right. <laughs> they are limiting me to four streams. Let me use them how I want to. If I've got a kid who's in college, whatever. If somebody wants to watch one movie on my Netflix account, mm-hmm. it's one stream, whatever. Who Like why that is them charging us for password sharing. Is it not? It is because you can't go, you can't surpass the number of devices simultaneously streaming. So it does not matter. It yeah. does not matter at all. And who, who the heck is using four streams at the same time in one house? What are you, the Duggars? Like monsters. N- nobody is doing that. Nobody is doing that. No, not at all. I, I can't think of a single scenario in which that would happen, even if you had six kids. Like, I honestly mm. cannot imagine it. Nope, no way. Because so there's just no leave chance. it. At, just leave it at that. Just be like you, you. You want you want more streams? Boom! You need four streams. You have bigger issues if all six people are trying to simultaneously stream <laughs> something sure. separately. For sure. <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm obviously I, my dander is up on this issue. I hope that the consumers respond in the way that they should, um, mm-hmm. which is to to cancel basically effective immediately. And I think that. The Netflix's big mistake here, they probably could have passed on cost, you know, price increases on their subscriptions till the cows came home mm-hmm. before people would stop because a lot of people are sharing and it would have been fine, hunky dory. What? It's thirty dollars a month. 
well, it's still only $15 for my half of it or whatever, it would have been fine. But instead, they decided to disrupt the product, and I think that they are going to pay the piper for that. I, I hope they do. I hope what they do. What a stupid word, disrupt. I know. I hate all of you tech people. That's right. Disrupt. You're destroying <laughs> America. You are. <laughs> Let's just go on this rant for a while. <laughs> tech companies, no. Boo. Um, but we'll see. If, if you guys have thoughts on the Netflix password sharing, I feel like I've heard every take on this, and, and you know maybe our takes aren't so unique on that either, but I will just say that it's a travesty and I think it's a big mistake. And, and if Netflix ends up downfalling hard, like Napster or, or whatever else, MySpace or whatever, this will be the, this is the tipping point that people will be when they do the documentaries in the future, it's going to be, well, when they started coming for the password sharing, that's when it all went down for Netflix. I could see it. I could see it. You know, we blame Ezra Miller for Netflix, and we still can. Sure. But I also think that Andy Samberg is to blame. I think he hosted some big event years ago, and he shared his Xbox password, and like, yeah. it crashed their server. Like thirty million people tried to like sign into it right away. No, somebody shared their somebody shared their HBO password. You're right. Celebrity, what, what was it? HBO password share. I know for sure Andy Samberg did something with a video game. Oh, he did. Yeah, Andy, yeah. here it is. 2015, Andy Samberg just gave out his HBO Now password. Oh, it was HBO, okay. <laughs> and it worked. Like, people were actually using it. <laughs> logged in and everything. Uh, speaking of password sharing, HBO logged me out. I don't need to hit you up later tonight. Thanks. Wow, uh, rude. Jerks. I know, right? HBO, th- now is not the time to be poking the bear. Let me tell you, we if, if we cancel one, we can cancel them all, baby. We'll, we'll come for you, too. I was very nervous when I opened up my iPad as I was just, you Seriously. know, making my children's lunches, you know, just to give a little entertainment. And I was like, no, it's happening. Wow. Devastating. Yeah, that's no good. No good. We'll resolve it. Thanks, HBO. Thanks for not being like Netflix. Thank you. Appreciate the password share. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up, Disney, uh, Bob Iger, I should say, not Disney. Bob Iger had his first earnings report back as CEO of Disney. Um, and in so shockingly, if anybody's been following the economy recently rolled out as many companies are doing a plan of cuts to the budget, $5.5 billion worth of budget cuts um, that he is planning to roll out. Some of those will unfortunately be layoffs, which is horrible to hear, but other cuts are related to content. Um, the volume of content, the, you know, presumably the quality of content, et cetera. But some of the ways that they hope to gain back some money and to get on the profitable side of the profit and loss or, or balance sheet or income statement, whatever, is to milk those cash cows, Kirk. And those cash cows are, of course, Frozen and Toy Story as Disney has announced that they are going to go back to the well there and and cash in on a couple more sequels to their biggest franchises most notably frozen three is on the way toy story five is on the way and somewhat out of left field zootopia two so this is the slate of sequels we know sequels are a you know bob Iger relied pretty heavily on sequels towards the end of his tenure. If you think about Incredibles 2, Monsters U, a lot of Pixar sequels that were coming out of the woodwork here. And this is um, 
the most recent slate between Disney Animation Studios and Pixar. Kirk, when you hear these three sequels, what's your reaction to each of them? Uh, to date, I still have not seen Zootopia 1, so, you know. No, no comment. In the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story 5, I don't. I don't even know what they're going to do unless they pull a fast and furious. And all of a sudden they are uh, super secret spies with super secret yes. uh, devices and tech and they go save the world. Maybe that's what they're going to go. And they meet up with like the small soldiers and take on the world. Um, Frozen three. I get it. It Go for it. Have a trilogy. I just also don't know where her story goes after the wild forest. Um, I really, I really don't want to go back to the enchanted forest. So I don't know where we go from there. It would be cool if we somehow entered into other fairy tales uh, mm. worlds. I don't know if that's on the plate for, for what's coming up with her, but that'd be really cool. Maybe it's Elsa <laughs> frozen three into the frozen verse. You know, that'd be pretty fun for me. Yeah, I think I think certainly for Frozen 3, that was the one that for me at least felt inevitable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it just money talks and and there's so much money to be had with Frozen. There just is. Um and I thought Frozen 2 was a good sequel. I don't I, it's obviously not as good as the original. The original is going to be an iconic animated masterpiece for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Um but Frozen 2 was a, a worthy sequel to that movie. I always felt like Frozen 3 would happen. I think they'll probably have to grow the world of Frozen a little bit to, to make sense out of the fact that you've got Anna's new responsibilities as the you know the Queen of Arendelle. You've got uh, Elsa's new responsibilities as, what, the, like, forest witch? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the forest ice witch, the queen yeah. of the element. She's basically Captain Planet out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll have to find a way to make it make sense that the two of them are you know, have a reason to team up or whatever. But I think that one doesn't concern me. It, it was already going to happen anyway. Toy Story 5, though, this is bad because Toy Story 4 shouldn't have happened. One of the reviews that I regret more than anything is my review of Toy Story 4. I think I was way too lenient on that movie. As I have rewatched it and lived with it a bit since I've seen that movie, I think I was way impacted by recency bias on that because... If you look at it in a vacuum, it is a good movie. But when you roll it out to the and apply the things that were done in that movie to the rest of the things that we learned in the Toy Story original films, it just starts to not make sense at all. And it like undoes a lot of the things that are so good about the early Toy Story movies. So yeah. that sucks. And Kirk, what do they even do here? Because at the end of Toy Story 4, spoiler alert, Woody <laughs> and Buzz have gone their separate ways, presumably for the final time, you know? How, mm-hmm. how in the world can they make sense out of bringing those two together without completely unraveling everything that happened in Toy Story 4? I, th- I think they've totally painted themselves into a box here. Yeah. I think um, maybe they have kids, and they are they, they're maybe where they lose their kids, and their kids somehow find each other, and they have to go through... Uh, parenting woes and mm. what do what do baby toys play with? That could be interesting. Um, but I think it's going to be an extravaganza of someone is lost and Woody and Buzz are reunited by who is lost. Uh, but I think the only way to do it would be 
having kids, which I don't know how that works in the toy world. I really but. don't want to think about that. I I have no interest in opening that box. But, <laughs> I, I really don't. But I think that is the most logical step. I don't see any other conflict that could occur with how they've parted ways. Yeah, I, I don't either, unless it's like off the top of my head here, like some big problem happens with the original toy group and they have to go find Woody because he's the only one who can solve it. You know, like mm-hmm. he's, he's the only one, I don't know, but either way it's, it's going to be a reach. It's going to be a reach city. And I just don't think it makes sense. It just feels, you know, it feels like a blatant money grab. It feels like mm-hmm. a shameless money grab because they didn't like the way things with, went with Lightyear, And I think that was their plan for, moving forward with toy story was to do spinoffs and that one did not work. People, people didn't go see it. So, um, they have to go back to the drawing board and then Zootopia. I'm hyped. Um, I have to admit I'm, I really dug the first Zootopia movie and the way that that movie finishes up sets up a sequel really well. Um, like a buddy cop kind of like investigation, sequel um between two really likable characters and a world that could very very easily be explored a lot more so even though i was a little surprised that they didn't go with something that was more of a sure thing like a moana 2 or what have you in kanto 2 coco 2 what whatever um mm-hmm. this this i think does work so yeah we'll see Crazy stuff happening in Disney. Crazy very crazy, stuff. very crazy. And one last thing, speaking of crazy things, we'll get off of this story. One one story that broke today was we we'd heard about this a little bit, but the the one of the WB execs whose name is escaping me at the moment um, did an interview, kind of talking about their future film plans. And one of the films that came up, which I had totally forgotten about, is this um, Michael B. Jordan "I Am Legend" sequel, and. Here's what was interesting about that. In this movie, Will Smith will be in this movie. And spoilers for anybody who has not seen I Am Legend, here's your warning. It, that movie is 16 years old now, so be <laughs> thankful that I'm even spo- spoiler alerting you here. Um, will Smith, in the ending, the theatrical ending for that movie, dies, sacrifices himself to save the cure uh, for the whole z- mindless zombie thing, right? But this movie will canonize, canonize, canonify, whatever the word is. It will make canon the alternate ending of the film in which um, Will Smith chooses to face the, the zombie vampire guys, save the zombie vampire bride, and they both go on with a mutual understanding of one another. Mm-hmm. So... That's what will happen here. We'll see an older Will Smith with Michael B. Jordan also in the cast, and we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? It's hard. Is it canonize? Is it the, uh, the word? Is that the conjugation? Be, right? Canonize? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to retcon something with the alternate ending from the DVD <laughs> special features. <laughs> Circa 2006. Like the highly discussed and analyzed ending that's what you're gonna do yeah it's it's very confusing 
Um, I would rather, I would rather they, so in the, in the original, you know, he's in a glass box. He can't get out of it. He has a grenade. It blows up right done. Right. So it would be better if the blast was so powerful and so quick that it blew a hole through the wall and that somehow he just survived. I would believe that more yeah. than there. Of course, they're going to have to play back the alternate ending to start this movie. There's no They'll other way to, to do yeah. it. And then they're going to have to release the the original like the special anniversary of I Am Legend and only put the alternate ending as the new ending and have the original theatrical ending as the special feature. It's so backwards. However, I will say that this movie, this this uh, this basically uh, it's it's Will Smith just doing Harlem Globetrotter tricks on his acting <laughs> in this movie, which had no right to, to be that in depth, this apocalyptic film. And you're like, holy cow, he's going through it. You know, it's like uh, it's like Castaway. It's like Tom Hanks. He has no one else. So he creates things and talks to them and then just survives. It's really, really a, a great movie. And seeing a sequel to this, yes, excited, but I do have to push back this very weird take on how to move forward. Yeah, is this going to be a Star Wars special edition situation where you just flat out can't find the original I Am Legend with the original Mm. ending? I could see them doing that. Like, everywhere this movie streams, boom, special edition, flipped over, whatever, final cut, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. because it, you know, the original movie literally will not jive with this movie at all. So they're going to have to find a way to make that make sense. I will say they are getting it right. The alternate ending was the correct ending because of the way that it ties up the story. It's yes. much more closely aligned to the book. Um, and the book I <laughs> had to read in college. I didn't love the book, but I found it interesting. And the ending of the book, which is vastly different like the actual, the whole movie is very different from the book in a lot of ways, even down to like the actual monster guys themselves. But the alternate ending in the book had in common the same thing, which is that in the end, it turns out that he's kind of the villain, you know, like he's the one that's been killing off all these things just for himself to survive. When in fact, like they are a sentient intelligent species, all their own that's been getting killed off by him. So in the same way, like it's, it flips the tables and it's all very, very interesting. And Mm -hmm. so this is the right ending and the right way to go, but they're going to have to do some weird, weird stuff to make it, (laughs) make it work. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, I, this movie came out, it, it premiered on my birthday, the whatever year it came out. 2007. 2007. And then the following spring I had my wisdom teeth out and I was miserable, (laughs) but my mother, thank you, mom. She had purchased me the week that I had my wisdom teeth out. This movie came out on DVD. So I have, I have it. I have the, the OG release that we will always have and know like, no, this is the real answer, but you know, Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan might go door to door and start beating people up and taking yeah, the original copy. George Lucas style, start burning them up. You, <laughs> that's that's right. going to be worth like $50,000 pretty soon here, Kirk. You better hold on to I it. Know. I know. We're going to really have some good funding for the podcast here real soon. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you, uh, WB. We appreciate it. And mom. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, and Kirk's mom. Thank you so much for that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically it. thought that was an interesting story to throw in at the end as we were talking about it. We were both like, this is weird and unprecedented i don't know it hurts it hurts my head but i like it uh so yeah that's it for what's popping this week thank you guys so much for being a part 
couple of quick plugs for you. We are going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania tomorrow night. So if you're listening to this podcast um, on Thursday, that is the night we are going to see it. And we will be dropping a review immediately after. Spoiler-free Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania review. It's going to be like 1 a.m. We're going to be zany, sugared up, artificially buttered up, ready to go. Bloated bloated from the popcorn and the soda. Gassy. (laughs) There will be belching into the microphone. I don't know. It's going to get weird, Uh, but it's going to be coming to you Friday, uh, February 17th. So spoiler free, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And then uh, also have to plug two things. Follow us on TikTok. We're churning out lots of content there. We're having a good time. Um, We have seen our downloads on this podcast tick up recently. So thank you. If any of you found us on TikTok, thank you guys so much for listening. And anybody who is listening in general, we are so thankful for you. But secondly, if you are new to the podcast, check below in the description on the podcast or the website or YouTube, and you can find our Discord channel where you can connect with us and talk about things in real time on there, react to news when it happens, and join our community there. It is a swell time, and we would love to have you there. Until then, we are going to leave you with the beautiful sounds of Rhetoric, the band that created our original music, and we're going to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. Join us next time when we give a spoiler-free review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Talk to you then. Bye.